Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abin, yeah, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. With me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman and Craig Pinches. Today we're going to be talking about the loss of our beloved pets and whether you're an animal lover or not. The amount of love a pet can give is phenomenal. We were just saying, I've got a cat, Scylla, but I've brought up with dogs, Patch and Susie, and these other animals. And the loss of an animal is bloody terrible. It's like losing one of your nearest and dearest. A dog, no matter what it's, whatever you've been through, no matter how bad of a day or it will come in and lick your face and it's unconditional love. And I'm gonna pass over to you boys because you've both recently just lost two of your family members, you know, your pets. You want to take the first one? Yeah, you... I'll take it, yeah, it's, it's the most raw for us, I suppose, because it was two nights ago we lost our dog. And we'd had it nine and 12 years, it was a German Shepherd cross. Um, and to be fair, it was, it was a lot closer to my partner than me. It was, uh, a dog that I, I never really got along with, Kev, mm. if I'm honest. And that, that you know... We've all got those in our family anyway. Exactly, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I ne- never abused, never this, never that, but we we just never seem to to, to connect. And I think it, it's probably, it's me, obviously. It's got to be me, you know, a dog's got no agenda. Um, it's me being too busy, and I feel like sometimes I've not got enough time for myself, and I can't have time for an animal. Sometimes Jay- they just have their favourites. Yeah, and well, my partner took up that, that that end of it, you know what I mean, with us. But it was still, even losing her the other night, to me, it was still heart wrenching because it's been in the family for 12 years, you know. And there's, there's been times where I fussed and played with her and took a walk. So I'm, I'm not a totally heartless bastard that, you know, just locked her out in the cold. It, it was a family member, you know, it was just, it was like a sister to me that I never got on with, mm. you know. and. But it's still heart wrenching because it still meant it was still part. It was still the family, mm-hmm. and now there now there has passed away. Um, it's not, and and the way she went, she didn't go in the the, the prettiest ways, you know. But now that she's passed away, there's a void in the house, mm-hmm. you know. Like it felt felt weird because we have we have buried her, we have had a, a funeral for her, um, and it felt weird last night locking her outside because we buried in the garden, locking her outside. Yeah. in the cold because it's never been never slept outside never locked outside and that's that's me thinking that you know not even Jalen Jalen was more personally connected to the dog you know what I mean so he's, he's like a best friend um, which they do me even when you don't I mean we just touched up on something off you know off air in way where you said that you know you don't realise what a pet means to you until they're gone yeah. and that, that that's true you know it, that's true in my case anyway well, Lee, I mean, I won't ask him to do it now because it's very new. But what we will do, we'll attad, uh, attach his poem to it. And it, what's it called, Greg? Uh, what is that stench? And do you want to tell them the the meaning of it and the reason why you come up with this beautiful poem? Yeah, no, I can actually do this at the end if you wanted me to. Yeah. I can actually read it out at the end. Um, basically, where the, the way she went and, and like she, she had seizures and, and whatever else, um, and she had a lot of froth and, and 
going, coming from my mouth basically um, and it had such a foul stench to it you know and, and that smell it, it just spoke to me as if to say you know that this this is going to be the passing of, of this pet and then what what that created was what that sparked was nostalgia within me and it sparked upset and it sparked you, you know times where we've not got on and times where we've had joy and took her a walk and whatever else and it, it made me it made me think of you know how it, it's only when death is upon you mm-hmm. that you start thinking of all these things and how, how that you've not really took full advantage in a positive way of someone or something that's there in your life and that smell represented that to me knowing that she was she was about to pass away you know and all them thoughts and emotions running through me and seeing it run through my partner as well and i thought bloody hell that smells that smell has reminded me that a, a passing is to come and a life probably wasn't appreciated as, as much by me as what it person as what it should have been you know what i mean admittedly uh, death often brings out an, um, a bunch of emotion and mostly it is guilt I never told my dad I loved him. I never told so and so how I thought about him. The same with a dog. Even though you loved them or you disagreed with them, you, you, in, next time we'd probably hear you'll be laughing about when the dog pissed all over your favourite rug yeah. or when she was a pup, she chewed up your brand new sofa. And you look back on that the moment when you pass, when someone passes, sorry, guilt consumes you because that's a big part of grieving. But it's when, like, I always find at the wake, and not when my granddad Bernard died of Parkinson's when I was 15. I was outraged at the way how everyone was laughing and joking. I thought, you, what, how, how can you be like this? I love my granddad. Not until I'm a, a man now. That's what the way is when you're laughing out and, and you're talking about stuff that only... And... and that's the beauty of it. The, the wake, once they're in the ground or in the pot or in the furnace or... When you can sit there and go, bloody hell, do you remember when he... Oh my God, I could have killed him. Yeah. But that that's the good part of it then. I remember that at Ant's funeral actually, how, yeah. um, how jovial it was. I mean, there was a lot of beer thrown as well, to mm. be quite fair, but mm. how, uh, for, for occasion, so Ant was 20 when mm. he died. Hansel, Ant, yeah. Ant, and, and really that's, that's no age, is it? You know, that shouldn't have happened then, it did. But, um, you know, you and it's a bad situation, isn't it? Funeral, so you're trying to make the most of it as well. So actually, having laughter involved in it, it's quite yeah. important. I, th- I think you know, it's a celebration of life, and that's what they say mm. the wake is for. I mean, like you say, people grieve differently, and it depends on the relationship to the deceased, be it a pet, be it you know what I mean. And but loss is loss, isn't it? Loss, and this is what I said when she passed away. I said, you know what, maybe. We, we wasn't all always the closest, me and the dog, you know what I mean? Like say, it wasn't a, I abused or I did this or did that, but I could just walk past that. I'm not a fussy guy with pets, you know, but I said, because people know me for that, you know, uh, like especially with Akita, but loss is loss. Mm. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a heartless bastard, I feel loss. And whether that's a pet or whether that's a person, loss is loss. Well, my brother, Richie Dill, one of the toughest buggers I've ever met in my life, but when he lost Simba, oh God, we've got to be looking at 10 years ago. He still mourns that dog now, like he was his child, because they were best friends. They live in Thailand and everywhere he went, he was on, these, on his motorbike. So Richard would be at the back of his bike and Simba would be sitting on his lap with his hands on the, on the handlebars and everywhere they used to go together. And he 
around my mum's house, he's got a plaque with him and Simba on it, and he he, he can't move on from it now because that was his child. Mm. And part of the family, isn't it? Part of the family. I, I know people like that who, who haven't necessarily, they've not had children, but they have dogs or they have some sort of pet, and that is their child, and that, I suppose, that, like, I know I know people that will kiss a dog in the mouth and let him lick the mouth and stuff mm. like that. It freaks me out. Yeah. If, a dog, if a dog's nose touches my hand, oh, I feel like I need to sanitise my, you know, and that's just, it's, it's that's different you. people. But I still feel the loss of a pet because it still meant so much to the family. I still... And what we're saying outside, how people deal with it, and there's no right or wrong way. No. Grief is grief and how we deal with it is completely different. So never feel guilty about you doing something, and because I I think should is the worst, um, first worst word in English dictionary. Because when you start saying, "Well, I should do this," or because what we're doing is we're reflecting on what other people, what we think other people how think, they should react. how we should yeah. react. Yeah. I should do this. I shouldn't do that. And we were saying some people when they lose a dog, they lose it on a Wednesday. They've got a new dog on the Friday, or other people. We'll never have another dog because of the living memory of Simba. Or they'll have one on the Friday saying Simba too. No way it's right. Yeah. But it's just how you deal with your loss. I think that that's it. I mean, I couldn't even... I couldn't have another dog, especially immediately, because, I don't know, it still it still feels wrong. It still feels like that. This you've got to go through a mourning process, I suppose. You've got to get used to living without something before you effectively replace them, you know what I mean? And that's... It's funny, that's not, you don't do that with uh, with a human, they're not replaced, are they? So no. your dog, you know, you move on and you get, your, your granddad goes and it's gone, actually, mm. pets. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there is another yeah. pet that comes along, but I know not s- to take that place, but to, you know, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. One of my good friends, very good friends, I won't say they are, but they, um, they lost their child, stillbirth. And when they when they're trying again for another child, they were saying to me, saying, I don't want this to replace the one we've lost. And I said, but it will never replace that. Mm-hmm. Just because you've had another one will never take away the love you had for the first yeah. one. And by the grace of God, they've just had another child, which I'm over the moon for. And you'll always remember that one. And it'll always have its heart, uh, space in your heart. And I remember when it passed, um, we took them a present that we'd bought before we knew it had passed. And they've kept that because that's still a part of their life. And thank God they've had this new child and that's going to be a new part of the life. And I think with a dog, just because you've had another dog, doesn't mean that dog never existed. You know what I mean? Because everything in life is a chapter to your novel. And sometimes we can't just keep reading over the same, same pages. We've got to move on to the next chapter. Well, you're stuck in the past. Otherwise, you're stuck there. And And you can't can't really feel guilty about what you can't control. Because, I mean, staying with um, lots of children, I know we went to the pets, but let's talk loss. Um, There's two two instances. One, my sister went through the exact same thing, still burst a baby a couple of years back. Um, She had a funeral for it. Um, for him, sorry, and I attended it. Well, my partner was pregnant with my youngest at the time. My I fucking it broke me mm. to see to see the funeral and, and how it panned out. I, I broke down. I had to I had to walk off and, and, and break down. And I think that is one because the baby 
yeah. you know, two is Dame experiencing loss of yeah. three. It was, it was sort sort of fear, I guess. My partner was pregnant with my yeah. son. You know what I mean? So I was feeling lost before I'd experienced it personally. Yeah. You know, and um, part of me felt a little bit guilty that that may have been the reason I broke down as much as I did. But he, he you know. It's an upsetting time, but there was another time where this guy who lived in the street. Um, I mean, he, he, his kid was he's well known for for little events going on. I'm not going to mention them out of respect, but I used to have to walk past his house uh, when we lived up by him, and then he, his child died. Six, I think his child died at, and um, I thought, fuck me, six, and now I've got to walk past his house with my four year old, and. I would feel so, I wouldn't walk past it, I'd, I'd avoid him in the street because I felt so guilty that his son had passed at six and I got a three, four year old there. Yeah. My dad, I, I explained that to my dad, my dad said, you call, you call change that? Mm. You call do nothing about that, you know what I mean? And and to avoid someone because of that, I felt so, so devastated for him, I avoided him. It's always worse yeah. when it's a younger age, isn't it? Like yeah. I think of, yeah. like my, my granddad I felt passed away too early, but my nan, I felt like she had a good innings. Yeah. That didn't mean the grief was any different. Mm. But when I think of it now, I think my granddad was retired from work, so only he had four years, I think it was, where he got to do what he wanted. Mm. Two of them, he was too ill to do what he wanted, if I'm truthful. So two years, really. He worked, he'd worked. gone to school, worked all his life, and he had two years, yeah. really, where he got to do it. Whereas I think my nan, she had quite a long period from retirement to the time she died, and she lived. She lived and Quality did what she years. wanted. Yeah, that's it. Well, when you bury kids, I mean, when Thomas Higginbottom died um, at the age of 14, 16 years ago, and he'd be 30, coming 31 now, and you think, what could have been? But to Thomas, I mean, I love him. He's like the patron saint of the Lions Boxing Club. Everyone who comes in is, even if they never had the pleasure of meeting him, he's got a statue built of him in, in Briley Hill, and he's the patron saint of this place. So in his 14 years, He'll be immortalised, he'll always be here. But loss is, is loss, isn't it? When you love something so much and it's taken away from you, being a dog, uh, a child, a grandparent, it's, it's painful. Yeah. Perhaps, would you like to tell us about your dog, Lee, that's just passed? So my dog was actually a, a rescue dog. It, uh, she'd been mistreated. Um, and I remember she'd been mistreated and, and someone had uh, gone in and, uh, and rescued her and then he had had an accident and couldn't look after her anymore so I went in there and, and, and she, ha she absolutely hated any man with a bo booming voice you know any man any man who kind of like Kev's voice you know that's that stands out that's, that's loud and booming and uh, um, but she came up to me straight away so that means I haven't got a booming voice I suppose but and she, yeah she she took to me um, and we we took her home and we give her some really good years and it's amazing actually how dogs can still be so loving after having that that kind of abuse and and you know and being rescued she still was a very very loving dog but if you walked in there and you had the wrong voice she made made it known she wasn't a, she wasn't aggressive to you but she wouldn't come near you and she'd, she'd she'd be away from you barking just barking at you know just for no just just if you spoke barking at you. i think that's important to note as well is 
like, like your dog was a rescue dog. Ours was going to end up in a lane in a black bin bag because there was a group of people that tried to breed them, breed dogs to make some money, realised there was mongrels, so they were going to end up... Worthless, they're, they're worthless, no money. So we, me and my partner, I mean, my partner's only young at the time, well, we were both obviously only young, um, and we found homes for them all and we kept the last one, which was Akita. So I think it's important to know that, yes, we've experienced that loss, but we gave them years of love, of love and life that they would never have. So mm-hmm. I suppose that that's a subtle comfort in a tragic situation. Yeah, well, it definitely is for me as well, you know. think, to think that where, where she started out and where, um, and where she ended up, you know, is night and day. Um, My cat's also a rescue cat, and I think... Um, I think all three of us here have given, it's like having a foster child or adopting someone. Because I hear about, and this is not knocking anyone, okay? anyone wants to spend their money, God bless you. But they'll go and spend a grand or a couple of grand on this mockadoodle or a foodafoodle. And, and I'm thinking, go to somewhere where you, you walk in and you, you fall in love with something that probably had such a bad time yeah. and they love you so much for it. Just, and I, I, to me, that that's that's lo- not not the first love, but like yeah. to give something, someone, a second chance, is amazing. You know, someone has had it so hard, and you can just give them that bit of love. And when you do lose them, which we are always going to lose everyone, yeah. and but you've give something a better start than it had, I a b- better end than it starts. I, t- I tried to say this to people: death is the biggest part of life. Yes, it's the part that we never get used of. And it is a cycle, you'll, you'll feel the anger, then you'll feel the nostalgia, then you'll feel the regret, then you'll feel the sorrow. And then eventually you get over it. You know, there's... You don't get it, over it, you learn how to deal with it. You learn how to live in, in the new yeah. the new world as it is. But, you know, I, I'll say that there's a couple of things I said before, and one is death puts life into perspective. Yeah. And when I'm finding it hard to, you know, have life put into perspective, have a walk around the cemetery, because it's amazing how many times you walk around the cemetery, and you you, you can't you, you sort of you, you sort of get clarity from life. I mean, me personally, I do. If I'm ever around the cemetery, you know, my granddad's grave or a funeral or whatever, if we have a walk around, sort of life becomes more clear. See, I'm not a cemetery person. Like my nan, who I loved, and granddad and everything, but I never go to the grave because I I don't want it. Once again, how you want to deal with it, it's how you want to deal with it. But me personally. I love remembering that live person. Yeah. I don't like sitting there to rock. And do you understand? Yeah. But we're all different. And I think, well, yeah. I think so we're just I find that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't been to my nan's or my granddad's cemetery, but aunt's where, and where we um, scattered aunt's ashes, I'll often go up there mm. and have a chat. Well, you're best mates, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, well, if one won't pass a look mad chatting to a tree, but yeah. there we go. But yeah, I think it, for me, it depends on the person. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah. It's where you find your own comfort in, in that grief because grief, grief is um, it's an environment of its own and you decorate that, that environment however you feel you want is to suit yeah. your taste. You know, we all, we all grieve different. We all live in, in that environment of grief differently mm-hmm. you know what what 
pull a scheme. Different for, well, exactly. for me, it's different for different people. Yeah, so the colour scheme that I like yeah. is not going to match the colour scheme and the layout in your environmental grief, you know, and that's... When Tom passed back to Hickenbottom, there was a CD that they brought out of all the songs from his funeral and I used to go back every night and listen to the songs because I'm like Craig, I love music. But it's um, when I'd be sat there in a boozer or I'd be sat there and a song will come and I'd go, bloody hell, that, that was Tommy or that was Rob Rolls or that was my nan's way. I'm one of those, I hear a song and I go, boom, shaggy, you know, whenever I hear Wonderwall. Um, and I, I, I'm instantly, not sad, but it's like someone slapped me with a wet herring <laughs> and I, it's just bang, that person is at the forefront of my mind. Yeah, that's nostalgia within your mate and that's... Yeah. Nostalgia is a it's a it's a it's a beautiful curse. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you want to remember them, and that's that's part of them living on forever. That's helping them to live on forever. But another part of you thinks, okay, oh, I I don't want this tonight. You know, what I mean, I want I want to remember, but I don't want to feel the loss because with that remember that with that memory it comes up here yeah, mm. with a loss is felt down here. Yeah, and I think that's you know, you want it and you don't want it. It's, 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 and I, I think Lee's lovely saying that we always come back to, I think it's on our first one, you've got to find your medicine. And whether that's sitting by a tree or by the gravestone or sitting there listening to music, or you've got to find what's good for you and you've got to roll with that. And have it in doses that you, you need yourself. Yeah. Only you know how to grieve. You know, and well, you you don't know how to grieve for for a, a lost one because we we take it we take it for granted. We never we we all have plans for tomorrow. Every one of us have plans for tomorrow, and that shows you how how much we sort of sort of take it for granted. We never think anything's going to change, you know. And that's that's what's that blissful ignorance is? Is that what that's yeah. called? That's definitely what it is, isn't it? No. Yeah. But I think, I think that's been lovely. I mean, uh, and hopefully that's helped a lot of people. But if Craig wouldn't mind, I'm going to uh, put him on the spot as I, I do every week. I put someone on the spot because it has been said I'm a bit of a tosser. For what is that stench that I'm smelling? There's no telling. For it's a stink that I can't be quick in forgetting. Regret? Could that be the stench that I'm smelling? Or is it pain and joy? Oh boy, what is that stench that I'm smelling? It's amazing how we forget to be present on this journey to wherever we're heading. Ungrateful? No, that's not the right message. Can someone please tell me what is that stench that I'm smelling? Nostalgia is here with us yelling to remember our time here is precious and to tell us that life is a lot shorter than death is. I guess that is the stench that I'm smelling. So until next week, gang, to a bit. Listen, listen. Listen.